Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We're live. <laughs> Mics are hot. <laughs> oh man, let's get it, fellas. Let's get it. Let's get it. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Let's go. I am also excited about this. <laughs> so you don't have a like a motorcycle or something you could do? Like, it's a little bit different on the oh, Nuggets man. podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. If you, guys, yeah. They, they, you guys, you guys make noises. Life's a little different over here. There's I tried it once on the Rockies pod. They're like, "What are you doing? <laughs> we just lost. It's like this is baseball. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, don't yeah, we? Don't. Sorry. That's we're that's not hacking the code. That's that's, that's no fun allowed. Yeah." <laughs> Uh, we're presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. Gamble along with us. If I were to give you a gambling advice tip, bet on the Colorado Avalanche. Nine times out of ten, Agreed. you're right about it. Just take the Avs money line, and guess what? They almost always deliver. It's a very good betting strategy. I got over here somebody wearing my grandma's drapes. It's Brennan Vogt. Damn, bro. I Damn, like this shirt, too. That was harsh. <laughs> I, I like redoubled down on... Uh, on the abs with every goal that Edmonton scored in that last game. I just Dude. went back to draft quick. I was like, yep, that's good. Quick Odds aside here, AJ, because you saw I was sitting here. We were, I was up here with you guys, and I'm here. And I'm Blaze has the Apple Watch, and his heart rate keeps going up. He keeps showing me. He's like, bro, look at this. And I'm like, they're going to win. <laughs> like, I, I don't have the emotional. Like, if the abs win, I'm very happy. But if they lose, I'm not that sad. You know, like, I, sure. I, you know I'm sure. going to go to bed. I'm watching it. I'm like, they're just such a better team. And if they lose this one, they'll win the next one. Everyone's like, I'm so nervous. Sometimes that happens. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking up the DraftKings odds for a sweep in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> are we the smugged at the Smavs? We need a, the need Smavs. a moment first, but yeah, yeah we don't yeah. even know who we're playing. And uh, then, it doesn't matter. And that's Harrison. <laughs> win. And then, of course, joining us as a guest today. Most of you know him, but if you do not, he is our lead Denver, uh, <laughs> Denver, Colorado. <laughs> 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 Writer, personality, podcast host, AJ Hayfully. Yo. Yo. What's up, man? Yo. What's happening? Nice Is to it? see you on, on our show. Are you a yeah. Ferrari kind of guy? I am. You're a Ferrari kind of guy. Team Ferrari. I am Team Ferrari. Nice. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, you're big why. into F1, right? I am. I didn't. Oh, that's right. I'm not that. so big that I'm waking up at 5 a.m. on Sunday to watch Baku, <laughs> but I uh, I will enjoy the race when I get up and do Thoughts time. on the result at Monaco? <laughs> We're off. The, we're off the road. We got a lot. We got, <laughs> on, man. We got a lot to talk to a Ferrari fan about Monaco. <laughs> this you is trying it. to start a fist fight? <laughs> I'm very excited for the show because AJ, I think more so than anybody in our company, keeps up with everything going on, including apparently Formula One. Yeah. So the, of all sports, but in particular, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say the Nuggets are somewhat near and dear to your heart. Yeah, I watch all the games. 
Every and, single and, game outside of outside of conflicting schedules when sure. Avs and Nugs are on at the same time. But uh, not. But even beyond that, but like yeah. you're a guy that also just kind of knows things that I wouldn't. There's people that watch every game and then you throw a question to them and they're like, I don't know what you're talking. about. You kind of know the weeds. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. Okay. Depends <laughs> on the weeds, man. Okay, depends <laughs> on the weeds. So we're going to talk about, but more than anything, I think more than anybody on earth, he really knows the Colorado Avalanche. And so I want to get, we're going to start segment one on getting his perspective on the Nuggets, but we're then going to talk about why are the, the Avs in the Stanley Cup Finals? They've, for years, come up short. They've been a great team that has just been like, learning lessons going through the steps so mm -hmm. why did they break through this year what was different and and then obviously at the end what does that mean for the denver nuggets run by the same organization what similarities are there and are there some big takeaways we can learn and say that's the thing they had to learn does denver have to learn the same lesson to kind of get there um but first i just kind of want to get your perspective on the nuggets all perspectives are welcome with the nuggets because to be honest we're all guessing because half the rosters hasn't been there where, where do you think the nuggets are in their title window and contention uh, I mean, I don't think it's as clear cut as it was for the Avs, where it was like, oh, they've got the best players here, 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 and here. Okay. Uh, uh, I do think that I, I, when you talk about the healthy version of the Nuggets, it's it's really easy to be encouraged. They've got four guys that you love in the starting lineup. Um, yeah, I don't know how people feel about Will Barden, but yeah, you do. Yeah, you yeah. do. I mean, you know how people feel like, about him. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I really like Will Barton most of the time, but it's like there's your weak link, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah. and and really, like, I just in terms of title contention, where they fit in the the Western Conference picture, it's such a fluid picture. Yeah, um, that is true. I mean, you're. Minnesota's uh, Memphis to teams that you feel like are probably on the rise. Uh, you don't really know what's Golden State look like in the future, uh, but then you have you know what are what are the Lakers going to be? Are they right, like a right. sleeping giant? Are the Suns going to be the same after what just happened to them? Uh, when you get emotionally broken like that in the, in on a national stage in front of everybody, uh, it's one of those things that a franchise just may not recover from. By the way, maybe also physically broken as the story broke today that they probably all had COVID that they lied about and played through. Yeah. We'll talk about that probably more tomorrow because it's an insane story. Um, Something that I think five years from now, there will be a, yeah. a, a great like 30 for 30 on how COVID like quietly ruined sports and yeah. <laughs> as all the leagues tried to pretend it didn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, look, they did lose by 50 and as much as I would prefer the story to be, they just choke things away. It does make a little bit more sense if half the team was actually just playing extremely ill, but nonetheless, we'll get to that again tomorrow. Um, okay. So to go on, like, yeah, like I, I think that just in the, in the scope of just trying to get out of the Western conference alone, uh, you know, when looking at it like through the like uh, a comparative lens to Colorado all year, we were looking at Colorado out west, and it was this is the best team. It's the most talented team. Right. They're the favorite for a reason. There's only one or two other teams that might be able to really challenge them at their best. Uh, a twelve and two run says that those teams all never really came to fruition. Right, right, um, right. But for the Nuggets, I think it's a lot murkier. Right. Um, even even when healthy, you have question marks. Um, you're not totally. You, you really have no idea what the ceiling is because they. How many games did they get together? Like like ten? Like no, something like it was that? like five. Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon have played in five games. Five together. games together. Okay, so and they got they went four and one. <laughs> five. And so, the one game they lost was when Murray got right. hurt. Yeah. So five games. Um. So you really have no idea what the group looks like, even. Like this dream unit, you know, and 
Um, uh, the Avalanche were a little similar this year in that the first day of the season that they were 100% healthy was the first game of the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually got to play their lineup. It lasted six games <laughs> before serious injuries started to started to to really slide down. I really, it lasted like two games because of the Darcy Kemper stuff. But um, with the Nuggets, you're I, I just think that they're they're there. Like you could dream on them, but that's all it is. You're mm. you're dreaming. Um, there just isn't anything tangible to put point your finger to and say, this is why I'm convinced that they're a favorite or they're a top four team or whatever. To clarify, you're not necessarily saying they're not that. You're just saying we don't yeah. have the evidence for yeah. that yet. And that's that, you know, I'm I, it, sports are sports are all about dreaming on things. Yeah. You know, every general manager in the league does it. Even when they're tanking, they're dreaming of getting the first overall pick and that guy changing their franchise. Uh, the sport, you know, it's all we do. We dream on things. We think about what, what does this look like in a best case scenario? Right. And we just don't know what that version of the Nuggets looks like because we've not seen it. Right. And so I think it's hard to try and put them in a pecking order against teams that we have seen fully realized versions of. Um, not just not knowing how they stack up, but I feel like you have the two-time MVP. Jamal Murray's pretty good. MPJ. He's the one we... I, when we say you don't... I feel like when people are saying we don't know what this team is... We know what Jokic is. Yeah. I think we know what Murray is. I mean, the injury part of this is like, how is he going to come back or this, that? But we know what yeah. Murray is we at know his what best. Like, and we is. know yeah. what he is at the playoffs. So, like, we know that one. I feel like what we're really saying is we don't know what Michael Porter is. Well, and, and really, you don't know what they're all like together. together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thrown in with Aaron Gordon and thrown in with the defensive versatility and hopefully an MPJ that has figured out some semblance of how to defend. Because great rebounder, but you know you need you needed more. Watching them against the Warriors, you could see that they just they couldn't get stops. Right. They, their 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 defensive strategy was well. Hopefully they'll miss and we'll get it, and right. then we'll go down the other end. There was not a lot of imposing of any kind of will. It was a lot of hoping and praying, and like obviously that was a significantly compromised version. Even I mean, you're talking about guys like PJ Dozier, even right. out, you know, like right. the, even the depth was rocked like this piece. year. Yeah. yeah, and like an like, I mean, all the, all an important like in, in, an important part <laughs> of, of the puzzle, that. right? Like, um, and so I just think that it, it's tough to it's tough to really feel strongly about where they are, where they aren't, but you know that they're somewhere in there. If they rolled out to 62 wins next year, I don't think I would be super duper surprised right um if they rolled out to 35 wins i would be super duper surprised they do have to make some moves on the margins and i think that's part of why everything's in a holding pattern right now i mean calvin booth josh Kroenke, michael malone have all been pretty adamant about like hey this is a summer of change like this is a summer of us trying to make some big moves so some of the margin stuff we can't answer right now but if we go through the things we do know how convinced are you that Jokic, the two-time mvp is the cornerstone that can get it done I mean, I have a pulse. <laughs> uh, I said, I'm starting off soft here, I'm and I don't. Easy. And I don't have an agenda. I'm not right. trying to get. I'm not oh, trying to get basketball point. fans to grind an axe with me every day on social media. So I'm I'm on planet Earth. So he can obviously get it done. He's been unbelievable in the postseason. He only he only gets better every year. And in those moments, he's only yep. ever been exceptional yep. when when pressed. 
more uh, confident each time yeah, he's tested. And you come more and more it. comfortable in the moment, more and more comfortable being like, I guess I just got to do this now. And, you know, he does it in such a nonchalant way that I think the very alpha male driven NBA, he kind of, he, he's kind of like an awkward fit. Uh, because he's just like, well, I guess we'll just go and do it. And he looks goofy doing it. Yeah. And he doesn't have that personality. He doesn't, you know, he's not like super about himself all the time. He's, he's a, he's, his personality is miscast right. in a, in a league that's looking for a specific like lead dog kind of thing. Great answer. You can stay on the rest of the show. <laughs> that, well, was, actually, that was a great answer. Well, actually <laughs> the part I liked about it, cause we've said as much and I think various different ways, but he might've put it even more succinctly, which is like. I don't have an agenda, therefore, yes, he is good. Because I really do think it comes down to that. If you don't like him, you probably have some ulterior motive that is making you say these things. Yeah, just about every neutral observer is on board. Yeah, I, well, exactly. and, and, and the people that don't like him, the reason that they don't like him is because they want to be known as the guy that doesn't like that him. That might be one of the so motivations. every single time that he does not get something done, they get to stunt on him. Which and tells they get, you how good he is. They get to stand up on his, <laughs> uh, on his gigantic shoulders and say, look right. how tall I am. Right, right. And it's just, it's nonsense. Like, yeah. it's... It's nonsense. Right, well, what about this part? Jamal Murray as his running mate. How convinced are you that that is a championship number two? Uh, less convinced, but I've always loved his attitude. Yeah. Uh, coming from a, a, a the, the hockey world of you see guys embrace moments in certain ways. You see guys embrace challenges. And I think that he's a guy that lives for that moment that that's the guy that'll get bored on a January 10th game in Indiana. Right. But in the, you know, in, in game three of a postseason series, he hasn't played very well and he's going to relish that challenge of, all right, now I've got to get better. Do you like that? Do you like, because this is one of the things about Jamal. He has consistently been at his best in the most important moments, but it does make it hard to extrapolate future success. Like mm-hmm. there's the there's a lot of like, are you gonna get bubble Jamal when in the conference finals next year, or are you gonna get some that some nights not yeah. that night? I don't know. Like, do you do you kind of like the idea of hey, his peak though is what we're looking at? Um, me personally, no. <laughs> it drives me crazy, man. But I uh, when you when you're in the moment, how do you not love when that guy's on a heater? Yeah. You know, like there are players on the app that when they're in those two good weeks where they're at their absolute best, you're just like, oh, my God, this is a lot of fun. Who they're unbeatable. It? It, it, I'm, really, it's Andre Burakovsky. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I really didn't want to go there, but <laughs> thank you for there. that. Let's All go. Right, yeah. uh, but like when, when, when Jamal is at the absolute top of his game, you're just like, dude, the guy is unbelievable. Did you learn a deeper appreciation for him through his absence? Because I did. I was hung up on the inconsistencies. But then with him not there, I was like, oh, you really understand the essential qualities he brings. Uh, I would say no, because I just unfortunately so vividly remember the period right before he showed up Yeah, that um, it was he was easy for me to appreciate just what he was. Sure. And I also never had any kind of uh, like dreams that he was going to be a a superstar right. number one, a franchise guy or whatever. So uh, him not like climbing that mountain never bothered me. Sure, sure. Um, so I wasn't holding my own expectations against him. So I just enjoyed him for what he was, uh, what he is. Although when he does have that game, you know, the, the two for 11 and you're just like, 
stop shooting, dude. Right, right. And like you know, like those are frustrating games, but you you live you you yeah. live for those moments. They happen more for guards too than they do for bigs, just by yeah. the nature of how the game True. works. But for sure, the last one. This is a big one for you. Actually, I have two more, but this one, next one's a tough one. It's Michael Porter. How convinced are you that he is a piece of this team with Jokic as their centerpiece? Uh, if they're going to win a championship, I, he has to be. Um, well, I so mean, he does have to be. He pretty much has to be. He has to be. So how convinced am I of that? Yeah. It depends on the day of the week, I suppose. Um, I, My personal opinion is that he's soft, and I don't think that – I think that there's something internally missing that that pushes a guy like Jamal – you know, who even just through fighting through an ankle injury, you know, during the regular season, that he still pushes himself in such a way. And I don't know that MPJ is that guy. Um, I'm not convinced of that. I don't think that he's a guy that, I don't think he's a guy that relishes the challenge in the same way that some of the other guys do, that, that the greats do. Uh, I think he just enjoys when life is good and when he's healthy and he's at his best. Obviously, I've never met him. I've spent zero time around him. Yeah. This is purely an outsider perspective. Sure. Um, so I don't know, but I don't. He just does not look to me like the kind of guy that lives for the challenge. So I'm less convinced that he's part of a championship puzzle. But he's just natural gifts. You know, if it ever clicks for him. Off the charts. This is the thing about Michael Porter's. I think that's a fair perspective. We don't know if that's true or not, but I do think it's that he has not proven it not to be true. And some of this is opportunity, right? Like he's he's only played X amount of games. But look, I felt that same way you're talking. I kind of felt about Jamal, and then I'm like, he's good, but he's not great. And then he went to the back against the wall in the bubble, all over and over and over and over again. And I was like, wrong. He is that guy. Now I know. And Michael Porter. Hasn't he's had little moments of that? I do think some of his great games have gone sort of like they haven't happened to the degree of a Jamal Murray, and they haven't happened in the specific game that closed out of this or that. But they've happened in pivotal games like Game Four, where it's like against Portland, where if they don't win that game, they probably lose the series. And game he has, six versus Portland. So he's had quarter six threes. Yeah, but it was the first quarter, right? That's yeah. the, that's the thing. Is it if it was the fourth quarter, that would almost feel more Jamal esque, like he did this. Sure. In the big, so that's all I'm saying is sure. he's had these moments, and they've contributed to winning equally, but they haven't quite been as definitive as Jokic's have been and Murray's have been. Yeah. But at the same time, if we cut Jokic's entire career down to a hundred games we'd probably also be extrapolating off of a lot less of a, de- a data set. So we have yeah. too much, we have too much time to think about MPJ while he's not playing basketball. That's the thing. No, he was cooking. No, 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 go, no, go no. Go I insist. No, no, go for it. I, I made my point. That's <laughs> the worst. Um, Should we start over? Yeah. Let's just go to commercial. <laughs> uh, well, no, I had one last one and that's Michael Malone. How convinced are you that he is the coach that gets them a NBA championship? You get to have whatever take you I want. I don't feel the way uh, I don't feel about Malone the way that I did about Bednar, mm. where um, I've been one of his more vocal supporters in the media the last few years. Um, s- the biggest part of that, though, is being around the team and seeing the way that the team has bought into Jared Bednar. Yeah. From an outside perspective, I think that Malone has that part of it. Yeah. But I do look at some of the in-game stuff where I I wonder. Yeah, you know, you do wonder. Like there were some, just some frustrating decisions. It seems like, but every coach kind of has those crutches that he leans on yeah. in some situations. And if you change out that coach, 
it's going to be a different crutch every that's going coach, to annoy you. Every coach you. in the yeah. NBA so true. is so true, incredibly stubborn. Yeah, every well, coach every, in the NBA is the every, most stubborn. Coach no, ever. that's not true. That's I think every true. coach in pro sports has something that is going to bother all yeah. of us. Yeah, right? that, that's like, more what I mean. Yeah. Like, we're, yeah. there's always going to be just a thing. Yeah, that we're just like, oh my god. I mean, Dubs fans serious about give this? it to Kerr every yeah. day. Yeah. This is what I was saying with owners, and that the Cronkies have these things that you could look at and say, this other owner does this or that, and it's like, yes, but they also. Tell them true. who to draft and that stuff with the right. so, like. There's yeah. pros and cons of every owner. Some yeah, are and more with of a Malone, uh, Malone, I'm just not. I I think he's done an amazing job connecting with the players. I think that they buy into him. I think that the leadership group on the Nuggets buys into him, and that's that has the trickle down effect of, you know, your ninth and tenth guys are going to work hard because they're going to believe into that guy. Because the top guys do, because yeah. they got great under him, right? And so they, it makes it easy to buy what he's selling when they've experienced their greatest success with him, right? And so I think that it's a really, I think it's a deep emotional thing, uh, and that mentally it's all there, all mm-hmm. the pieces are there for, for that. But is he a good enough X's and O's adjustments, matchups, best of seven kind of guy to get you through four playoff rounds, right? I'm less convinced there, but I don't think it's a hard no. Right. I think the, I've talked about this a lot. I think the assistants make up a lot of what you're talking about. You can have the Malone skill set, but you need to make sure that you have very, very vocal and and um, assistants that put their fingerprints on very specific things, whether it's an offensive, defensive masterminds here or there. I've made the reference many times, but Steve Kerr has, um, who's his lead defensive assi- ass- assistant? Well, he's had Kenny Atkinson for the last. Well, few it's years. Kenny Atkinson too, and then Ron Adams, Ron Adams, Ron Adams, Adams. defensive guy. Yeah, so like, he, so you have these guys that are known for specific things, and I have, I think I know who the Nuggets' new assistant is going to be. I'll wait for that story to drop, but I, I, I will just say I don't think it's going to be. That's the piece that I think is missing. Less so the actual him having those traits. I think it's more this. And there was a great story on Nick Nurse when they won the title about how he's getting a lot of credit for something, but he was like, oh, no, it's not me. Actually, that thing is all of our my assistant here. He's the one that came to me with this crazy idea, and I'm just open to it. So right. I think those are the types of things that sometimes get swept swept under the rug. So I, in part, mm-hmm. I think I would agree with you. Let's hit a break. On the other side, though, I want to get into the abs. Why are they in the Stanley Cup finals? And not just in the finals. Why did they destroy everybody en route to the, to the finals? What has made them this great team? Are you ready for an NBA champ to be crowned? Join the finals yeah, action. Nah, nah, I mean, I with DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports for, betting partner. Can, can you of do the it NBA. over? Can you say, are you ready for the NBA season? Are you to be ready over? for the season to be? <laughs> are you ready for summer league? Yes, yes. let's go. That's a hard <laughs> yes. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet, get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals, check out DraftKings Same Game Parlays. You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, player props, team props. You can do anything, and you can get an even bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. 
gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Also at Green Mountain Dental Group, haven't heard about these guys in a while, but they're back. Um, like half our beat spends half of our off days at Green Mountain Dental getting some kind of work done. <laughs> I haven't talked Rudo, about Green like, Mountain Dental Rudo, Rudo and Jesse just like, they were literally there on the same day a couple really? weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> did, awesome. did they record a podcast there? No, it was uh, one was there in the morning, one was there in the that, afternoon. Awesome. And then we had a game that night. It was like, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Well, as you guys can hear, the entire DNVR uh, employee group of employees gets their dental work done at green mountain dental group we all go there uh they're great people they're really good at what they do uh we've got a lot of dnvr listeners who go to green mountain dental group as well uh, so check them out green mountain dental group in lakewood they're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area they're extreme Colorado sports fans just like us schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you're going to receive a free sonic air toothbrush Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group. Get a free Sonicare toothbrush today. Only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, Green Mountain Dental Group. All righty, back here, segment two. Um, we're visited by the great AJ Hayfully. Can I can I clarify an MPJ comment? Because I've enjoyed reading the... the <laughs> MPJ it, hater confirmed. It, well, and a, apparently, but... I, I would, am too, apparently. I would also like to just clarify that uh, I am a full believer that he's going to put up perfectly acceptable counting stats and that he's going to be a really good player and blah, 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 blah. But greatness is a grind. And yeah. I don't yeah. know. That's where I'm less convinced is that when the game comes easy to him, I think it's really fun. And I fully buy that that's going to be more often than not. He's really good at the fun things. Yeah. But, the but the other things, the little things, the things that, that separate, guys who have really good careers to guys that win championships and go into the hall of fame and are the best of the best and maximize their talent. Um, that's the stuff that I I'm less sold on being inside of MPJ. I think two things on this one is that I think it's what you're kind of stating here. There's a style of analysis where it's like you stake out a claim and that's my corner. And now it's like, no matter what happens, you're like, hold on, but hold on, hold on. I don't, you're obviously not doing this. This is your like, I think this is the thing. I hope I'm wrong. We, we all hope that this is a thing maybe he either has and we don't realize it or yeah. he learns along the way. And that's the story. You're just framing the perspective you have in this very moment. Um, so there's that part of it. And then the second part is the thing is, I don't think anybody knows what they are made of until they are tested to their absolute limits. Like this is true of almost everything. Very rarely in life do any of us get tested to our absolute limits. We just it, we're almost never in position to where we have to do that. Sports, especially a, a league like the NBA, where I mean, there's a billion people on earth that play basketball. Like we're funneling through an enormous group of people to get down to the best fifteen, right? The best group of fifteen. It is so hard to win it. You are going to be tested, and that's what I think you're kind of getting at here is. We know he can be great in certain moments. We've just mm -hmm. never seen him be that level that is going to be needed and that pressured in those moments. And you're saying that from your perspective, if you were to drop him into that right now, he probably would not succeed at that. You might be wrong, but probably not. If I had to make a bet on DraftKings about will he or won't he, it would be right. won't he. It, it would but, be the won't. But this is part of what makes sports great is sometimes guys go through that, realize that, and then overcome it and then become something else. A lot of times guys go through that don't realize it and they don't know why they failed it's well that guy didn't do it for me like he just it's because of this i didn't get the chance to do it and it's like no man you have something to gain here so we'll find out which one he is i have a lot of the same concerns about aj but 
do we forget about the Portland series with Michael Porter Jr. already? We do. We do. I mean, we really do. here in the first couple games of that series, he was sunned by Norman Powell. Right. I mean, Norman Powell took him out of like the first couple games of that right. series. Right. Norman Powell. He's like an average player, defender. Yeah. Like he's a six four average defender shooter. He took him out of those games. MPJ bounced back, had a couple massive games right. in the back half of that series, and then had those six threes in game six. That was like case in point of him fighting through adversity. Now we need to see a lot more of that. And I think a lot of the deal with MPJ is we just don't know because he's been here for four seasons and only played in two of those. So yeah. we just don't know. Right. But that playoffs wasn't that long ago. Right. That, that showed me something. I, I agree. I do think the more he, he has been playing basketball in this time, the harder it is for us to zero in on. There are going to be things that there will always be room for growth, but we forget what it's like to watch him be dope. And those moments are just as loud. They are just I as take, loud. A take I'm going to have when we do our season preview is that this next season is the return of Murray, and I think that's going to frame it. And the two-time MVP yoga, I think I'm most excited for MPJ. Nobody's under more pressure than MPJ. But I also just think like nobody's more uh, Yoke's more fun. But outside of him, like him and Mur Murray and MPJ are equally as fun to me when they catch fire. And Porter almost seems to catch fire at least in the regular season more often. Yeah, and like he when just he doesn't miss, he doesn't miss, and it just you feel like every shot's going in. So I'm almost yeah. when we I'll fight figure out at the end of the summer what it is. But at this very moment, I'm kind of almost more excited for Porter than I am any other player. Well, I'm also is, nervous, but I'm this also goes excited. back to what I was talking about. It's easy to dream on things. Yeah, yeah, you're you right. Know what Jamal Murray's you have yeah. a pretty good idea of what the ceiling is you have a pretty good idea his best the best of what he can give you you know what the off days look like like there's less uncertainty there so of course I think it's natural yeah. I think it's human nature to be more excited about the guy with more variance because you just are less comfortable with it damn pragmatic AJ gets the, to the, <laughs> the last thing I would say I have a sneaking suspicion that he has a lot more of that stuff in him than you're guessing I think he works really hard I think he feels the challenge from I wonder, is it going to be like, how does that work come? Right. Is it the attention to detail? Is it a whole offseason working on his footwork and his defense as opposed to just yeah. another move? But that he feels challenged and that he loves the game and that he works hard. I actually think he's got a lot of that. Um, we're we're going to find out. We're going to find um, out. That's the so fun part. tell me. How did the Avs get so good? Because if we go backwards, was it two or three seasons in a row they lost in the second round? Base three. Three, but really the last two, like the first one, is that sort of a we're on the come up. We're, we're happy expect, to be here. We're happy to be here. They were not supposed to take San Jose to seven games. Okay. They lose the, the, the controversially disallowed goal that would have tied the game. Mm -hmm. In the immediate aftermath of that disallowed goal, they give up what ended up being the game-winning goal. Right. Um, and then they spend the entire they like the third period of that loss they it was like 19 to 1 in shots on goal but they were the young team and that was ha yeah. as you mentioned happy to be here and that season was a very success. much like they emptied the emotional tank and everybody walked away happy and then 3 years later that loss got weaponized into the abs can't get out of the second round right 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 cuz then you go back and the next year I think the bubble. expect well the bubble, but still expectations were not that they were necessarily favorites, but that like hey second round is almost a par. What is that? Am I fair? Well, they so they dominated Arizona so badly in the first round. You know they win games three and four with back to back seven to one scores. Yeah, like it was just so dominant. And then it was against Dallas, who wasn't very good that year, uh, and ended up in the Stanley Cup right. final. Uh, but right, like it was. 
it, it was Dallas, and then they were down three one in that series. And again, like game seven, they have a they have a one goal lead with four minutes left in, That's in right. game seven, and it doesn't last one shift. They score what could have been the series clinching goal. 15 seconds later on the ensuing face-off, they give up the game tying goal and they lose in overtime in a game in which they were missing seven regulars. They were on their third goaltender. They were decimated by injuries. Familiar. Had they gotten to the next round, they would have gotten waxed by Vegas. Okay. And like, we don't talk about that because they didn't get to that round, but it still counts up. It still adds up as a second round loss. It's a second round loss. And so now it becomes, you have two losses in back-to-back second rounds that, that happened very differently. Very different circumstances, very different teams. Team that probably didn't really belong there versus team that definitely belonged there but had so much taken away from them along the way that you're just like, come on. Right. Um, so, And then last year, I think, my outsider perspective was they ran into a team that you think in a vacuum, people thought the Avs were title contenders, Vegas fringe contenders, this or that. Yeah. And it felt like from somebody that doesn't know hockey very well, that they kind of got bullied a little bit as the series went on and just didn't respond well. Yep, they just got beat. They just got beat. Yep, just got beat. Probably should have won. Got beat, got outplayed. Um, the The problem was that games two through four, Vegas just dominates, yeah. and they have steel game two. Right. So they have a 2 nothing series lead. You feel great. You're, oh, this is, you know, the, this is going to be it. They're, they're advancing, but... Vegas, like Vegas and Colorado, tied at the top of the NHL standings. They were very much neck and neck. They 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 split four four their season series. Uh, the only difference was was an overtime game, so one point separated them. Uh, that gave the Abs home ice advantage and all that stuff. And but when you lose four in a row, it feels more resounding. Even though it went six, it feels yeah. more like you lost four in a row than it the, is that you took it six. The real series was lost in Game Five back in Denver, where mm. the Abs had a uh, two goal lead. Uh, they give it up on a couple of couple of tough plays that you really would have liked to save on, and then in overtime, um, miss a grade A scoring chance. 10 seconds into overtime and a minute later lose the game on a, a slap shot that gets blocked and turns into a breakaway. I feel like in hockey more than most sports, there is this sort of like when you miss a good scoring opportunity, it's devastating. It's, yeah. But, but almost like in this way where it's like danger, you know, like the, the next two minutes you're going to yeah. be on a sort of tilt. Like well, look at, look at how the abs won game three against Edmonton. Edmonton's on the power play. Uh, they hit the post. Right. The puck comes out. It's a tie game. They hit the post. Right, right. The puck comes out. JT Confer wins a puck yep. battle and scores eight seconds after that post right. got to hit with the, what ended up being the game-winning goal. Hockey's a lot of fun, by the way, man. I highly encourage people to get into it because it really is like Breaking a fun news. sport. There's a lot of action. It's yeah. just like it's, you don't need to know it to, uh, to watch But it. honestly, you'll, you'll pick it up very, very quickly Like because I, I, I felt the same though. way sometimes where it's like, oh, I got to learn all this. It's actually there's like three things to learn, yeah. and then you're like, okay, here it is. Um, here's my, my questions, though, for you. The first questions. Do you feel like I mean Vegas? I think is a tough matchup in part because they're like I don't know they're I'm making this too easy, but they're like a tough physical, almost defensive team, and the Avs are yeah. a, a, a fancy not fancy, but they're a skill team. And I'm not saying the Avs didn't get tougher through those, that adversity, but do you, is there anything to they got the better matchup so far? They were always great, but this is the one where they've got the matchups that kind of are easiest for them. This year, yes, no. 
um, they played three really, really different teams. Uh, and they smoked all three. Um, there were caveats along the way. There were injuries. There were prop, you know, there were things. There were things that contributed to that. But uh, the loss to Vegas last year was as much of a a style loss as anything else because Colorado was uncomfortable. Uh, they did not have the defensemen uh, to handle the way that Vegas forechecked and. Uh, it wasn't a systems thing so much as it was it was a personnel thing, mm. and that's why the personnel changed drastically on that mm. back. So end. they did make some moves between. They last made year. a like lot this, of moves. This year is meaningfully different. What are what were those moves? Well, so last year they roll with Ryan Graves and Patrick Nemeth and Connor Timmins are three guys on their their defense in that Vegas series, and uh, Devon Taves and Kale McCarr, their top pairing. Uh, Sam Gerrard was also in that series last year. Uh, and everybody crushed Sam Gerard because expectations for him are really high. He's small. He's he committed the mortal sin of never growing enough <laughs> uh, to satisfy some certain certain uh, hockey fans. Okay. So small defensemen that move pucks well are always going to rub some people the wrong way. Okay. But uh, tightness everywhere. It, it's <laughs> I tell you, being being a short dude sucks. Um. But it it Gerard Gerard got the lion's share of the blame uh, because he needed to be a puck mover and he he was being asked to do all of it. Um, it's what would you say though of those guys Timmins Gerard these guys that they swapped out like what was the identity of them and what did they replace? Well, it so with? what they did is they went from those guys too and they just got more puck moving they got bowen byram and eric johnson who were both on last year's team but both were hurt and so they put those guys into this year's lineup those are you know eric johnson uh, he's a good all-around player he does a little bit of everything well at this stage of his career uh bowen byram is a tip-top blue chip prospect he's going to be an absolute star um maybe not quite kale mccarr level generational talent but if Kale, if Bowen Byram's not a top fifteen defenseman in the next five years, mm, I'll be shocked. Um, and and he's an excellent puck mover and a great skater. And you're talking the one common thread between Timmins, Nemeth, and uh, Ryan Graves, bad skaters. All mm. of them have heavy boots, and <laughs> you just don't exit your zone when you don't skate as well. Gotcha. Uh, and you don't have that natural puck moving acumen. So not great passers. Timmons, Timmons a really smart, instinctual player, but also still really early in his career, and so it was asking a lot of him. Um, to, to bring this back up to 10,000 feet, because I think that's where we kind of want to stay on this, Yeah, the it, the Avs made a meaningful difference, uh, a yeah. meaningful change in their defense specifically, and it was a stylistic change. It was. We're, we're, we have a deficit in this one area. Let's make let's make up for that. They so it, And it was frustrating for them because with no Byram, no Johnson, they had two of their answers right there. They just didn't have access to them. Right. So some of that was just tough luck. But in their bottom six forward core, they also made meaningful change in that instead of going for the skill guys, they had the Tyson Jost, the Jonas Donskoys, uh, guys who could who could make a really nice skill play, but were less comfortable as uh, attackers on a four check and puck retrievals along the boards. Uh, again, stylistically, they just made themselves more well-rounded. They didn't go get better players. They went and got different players. So what's interesting about this is I, the the 
facsimile for the nuggets for this example would probably be length. And one of those is you are going to get longer with MPJ and Murray just because Murray's 6'5 and he's a one and MPJ is 6'10, 6'11. So like those two guys, but then it's also now can you go sideways? Meaning those are improvements from guys coming back and maybe even more so than just Byram and Johnson. Like those guys are even bigger interest but if we just talk about the length but then can we go sideways with some of the other pieces a la maybe a monte as good as he is can you go sideways to somebody that's less good at certain things but equally as good overall Mm -hmm. you're just reallocating those those talents yeah and it was really just it it wasn't about trying to go and find guys that fit this or that it was were deficient in this particular area so they went and they got guys that, uh, you know, if you look at what they did at the deadline, one of the most active teams at the deadline really, really aggressively went and filled gaps on their team. They got a guy in Josh Manson on defense that's 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 physical and mean, but has some puck skill. He can still play the way that you want to play, but he adds elements that you didn't have before. They go and get Arturi Lekkinen, who's been exceptional, just scored the game the game-winning goal uh, to send them to the cup final the other day. How did uh, he do that? That well, play was insane. It was insane. I, I don't watch the, it in hockey, but the oh, way he, the, just, the way he brought he, that down and scored yeah. was Where insane. he just tipped it and then went and got the rebound? He yeah. just caught a slap shot in midair brought it back down. <laughs> I mean, it happens. It was fine. For us yeah. casuals, AJ, yeah, that was a it big was deal. Really okay. for, for, me, okay. for me, I watched that play, and I'm, I'm wondering what the hell is Duncan Keith doing. All right, fair He's enough. literally <laughs> just watching Arturi and do this to his goaltender. <laughs> And so that's what I'm watching that. And I'm like, you made $6 million to do that. Are you kidding me? Uh, but no, Lekkanen is great. And uh, two years in a row, his overtime goal sent his team to the cup final. That is a sweet great like, name too. like yeah. the third guy in NHL history to do it for two different teams in two different years. So was it an unpopular move? It was expensive. <laughs> It was an expensive move right? uh, to go get Arturi Lekin, and they have to give up one of their very best, uh, pros- probably their best prospect Barry. at this point, um, in Justin Barron. And then they had Barron. to give up a second round pick, and they weren't going to give up the first, but the second, a second round pick is still really valuable the, in, in the NHL. How many rounds are there in NHL? Seven. Okay, so it's, that's kind of like a late first would be in NBA terms. Yeah, it's really like an early third because the Avs are the Avs, uh, okay. so the, it'll All be right. at the very back half of the second. But still we'll, call, we'll call it the thirtieth pick. They gave up the thirtieth. It's pick. it's it is a it it is an expensive. It was a really expensive. But price. they didn't just sit on their hands and say our guys will come back and we'll play better. Right. They, they got uncomfortable in right. terms of making some finalized. They moves. were pretty healthy-ish at the time, um, only missing a couple of guys, and they just kept. They made four moves at the deadline. But Hood Baron's equivalent be is it Bones? Is it Zeke? Probably Bones. It's Bones. He's oh. good enough to be a Bones. Yeah. Wow. He's going to be, Justin Barron will probably be uh, on the top pairing in Montreal in two or three years. You, you use the term unpopular moves, and I, I actually don't remember now how much we touched on this yesterday, but Booth did say the lesson he learned from the two teams in the finals, the, the Celtics and the Warriors, is both of them were unafraid to, they dare to be bold and make unpopular moves, is what he said. I think the best example with Golden State, you could talk about Gary Payton. Uh, and, and as opposed to Avery Bradley, just sort of. Teased. Oh, I think it's Andrew Wiggins, to be honest. That's I was going to say, getting rid of Iguodala <laughs> That's a and, and going right. down the road right. of getting Andrew Wiggins. Well, Andrew Wiggins that, was one, like, you just were like, wow, they're willing to spend whatever because they're taking on this ridiculous big contract. And then also, like, 
the upside downside of Andrew Wiggins is sure. like five years for a guy that's never been good. Yeah. The but downside was really high. Booth has used the terms bold and unpopular. Be willing to make yeah. unpopular moves. I just think that's yeah. a Yeah, and Lekkonen was and Lekkonen's a guy that's like a career high of like thirty points, which mm. isn't very high in the NHL. So it was a really expensive move for a guy that you're like, it's pretty limited. And he's been in a he's been a great fit for them. And it was more of a testament to their scouting to go and for them to be able to find a guy that can play the style they want to play, but also his natural ability filled gaps in for them because he's an excellent puck retriever. And that's something that Colorado as a team wasn't isn't great at uh, is being able to dump pucks in and go get them. And a guy like Lekkanen solves that. You, so it's another it, talent. It's just a guy that, that but but he also has his natural skill set. He's a great skater. Uh, he's a really smart player. All of those things fit naturally into Colorado's identity as a whole. He just has one extra skill that the Avs needed. Nice. And that's where their focus has been the last couple of years in offseason moves is we need guys that can play the way we want to play. They need, to, they need to be able to skate. They need to have a certain maturity to them. If they've got any kind of playoff experience, we will love that too. But they have to be fast. They have to be able to skate. They have to be able to play at the pace that we want to play at all game long and then go and get complementary skills from there. But it starts with a certain identity. They've got to be able to play at a pace. They've got to be able to play because Colorado likes to wear teams down. They like to skate teams to death. And... If you go and you get, they had a couple of guys who were just not great skaters, but were solid players, and they just stick out. You're just like they slow down everybody a little bit. What is this guy? Okay, so they had to be able to go and find skills within their identity. That that skill to me, though, the the Nuggets equivalent of that to me would probably be like this unselfishness slash IQ. Yeah, that whenever you bring in a player, you have a player on the court that can't keep the ball moving or can't fit into that, like requires a different thing. They stick out. And Torrey Craig was an example of this. Will Barton is an example of this at his worst. Like there's guys where you're like, man, it just takes one guy to kind of make the system run slower in a way that no longer works. So I think that's probably the one I want to get really does stick out. The the one I want to get to though is (laughs) defenses and basketball. There's offense and defense in hockey. I feel like there's offense, defense and goalie, which is like this extension of defense because the defense for you just mentioned Kale McCarr and like the the other guys, Byron stuff really good. The one area where I feel like the abs didn't quite address, and I know they got a new goalie, but I don't know. They, their goalies are still, correct me if I'm wrong, average, and then you lose you lose him, and then you become significantly below average. It's really, really, really hard to judge what Darcy Kemper has done in the postseason for them because the eye injury happened in their third game. Gotcha. And so he misses the rest of game three. He misses game four. They have like a week off. They go into the second round. Mm-hmm. He wasn't bad in the St. Louis series. He wasn't great. Right. He was more the victim of bad luck until the game five disaster where they mm. blew the three nothing lead at home. Until that game, nobody was talking about Darcy Kemper as good or bad. He but had that's been, what I mean. He was average. He, he had was been good enough. good enough. Yeah. You didn't really he wasn't hurting you. He wasn't stealing games. He didn't need to steal games. You can't steal games when your team's ahead all the time. The reason I'm getting to this, though, is because you just mentioned all the things the Avs do really, really well. And most of the time, people will talk about hockey as in, like, well, goaltending, you got to have a hot goalie at the right time or this or that. You do. And and I, you do to a certain extent, although some of this I feel is self-selecting. If you win, you tend to say that the goalie probably did something. Maybe they were hot. Maybe they just won. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm getting at. 
a lot of times it's like Denver has to become this defense. This some type of defense has to be something this or that. And I'm wondering if renting it with Frankie, who is the backup, who's also, by the way, like a, a by my understanding, pretty mistake prone uh, a backup uh, as a goalie. That's why he's a backup. You still won that because you were great at everywhere else and you had good enough in this one zone. And I'm just wondering if the, the again the equivalent for the Nuggets on this one might be a little bit of their rim protection or just their their all around defense as a whole of. Maybe they don't need to be a top five defense, but they mm-hmm. do need to be a top five defense in very specific moments. They have to have the ability to be that in short doses because they're going to be so good in all these other areas. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, like, be good at what you're good at. And for the Nuggets to just double down on being whatever whatever defensively you think that they excel the most at, just go and get more of that. Yeah. And instead of worrying about so much about what you don't have, just be really good at what you do well. Because that's what Colorado decided to do defensively. They do have a couple of guys uh, that 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 are like more like filling in the gaps, but they they get played so little comparatively that most of the have success and failure is how their best guys play the way that they want to play. Yeah. Because the way that the Avs are defensively, they, they shut you down in the neutral zone and they move the puck the other way. Right. And that's what they want to do. They want to get they want to get guys who are great skaters, great with their stick, great with puck skill, move and, and, and move that way. And so I would say the equivalent for the Nuggets, you know, whatever skill you decide that is, you know, you're talking about rim protection. That's like your last line of defense. Like you're talking about it, the hockey equivalent is like blocking shots, like right. a guy that will lay yeah, get a get a guy that'll that'll contest a shot. But if you don't have just like a natural shot blocker, and, and especially, it might literally just like, be length, though. To be honest with you, it might be yeah, a thing. Just where you, be disruptive. Yeah, be yeah. be better at what you're already good at, and don't don't fret so much about the skill set that you just don't have. Right, because it's not your identity anyway. It's not what you're trying to do. Right, it's nice to have something like that around, but then you end up with that guy. You end up in a playoff series. You went and you got like a classic rim protector who the ball stops with offensively. He's got to right. go out there and do all that. Right. Now you just have a you just have this goofy misfit that you don't right. want to use very much. I like that a lot. I like that and, a lot. And you know then then you're like okay, well now we've 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 went and got this guy. He was great for us in the regular season, but how does he play in a best of 7 when they attack your weaknesses? That makes me think of Gary Harris actually who That's he, kind he of, could actually yeah. he, he could be this stud perimeter fender for this in this particular way that Denver right now is lacking but the closest thing I, they think they have to an identity is aggregate length when those guys are healthy and Gary wasn't a particularly long defender and in the same playoffs that he saved the day against Utah, he was unplayable against uh, the Lakers and he didn't really fit into, into See, I think well. about that, but I also think about Gary Payton on the Warriors who's just as bad of an offensive player as Gary Harris was in that series, but he can be fine on the Warriors. Yeah. I I, I I think it's, I I think like you have to have the ecosystem around him. Sure. And maybe they didn't have it in, in the bubble with that team, you know, but maybe they do now, but I do think there's something to what is your defensive identity? And I don't think Denver has one because I just don't think they've been good enough and they've been hurt. So they haven't been able to cultivate it. But I do wonder if that identity should be length. When you talk about Gordon, MPJ, Jokic, Jamal, you're already almost there. So if you just have the pieces oh, yeah. that you add around are pieces that are, even if they're not great defensively, they're, they're just really small. big, yep. that it might be one of those things where it's like, hey, even though we keep blowing by these teams, we're constantly getting hands up and on and t- yes. deflected passes and this or that. And some nights you're going to give up 140 because guys will be- break through that. 
but it's exhausting to do that over and over and over again and it, and it might make up so maybe that's the equivalent there um, but I definitely think there's something to having the identity first and foremost, and the Nuggets yeah. probably need to, to cultivate that. Let's take a break, though, because we're way late on the other foot. Then we'll do a quick uh, abridged final segment here when we talk about the Cronkies, who are about to win, or at least they have a chance to win back-to-back championships. We'll talk about them and what and are they good owners, but also just like what, uh, what similarities are. They're kind of com- compare and contrast, including Jokic to Kale and McKinnon, I think will be interesting. Guys, make sure you're drinking uh, Breckenridge Brewery during the Savs playoff run, of course. Breck Brew, the official beer of DNVR. If you're in the area, stop by the bar. we got Breck Brew on top, of course. We've also got Breck Brew Seltzers. If you're not in the area, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator. It will tell you where to get Breck Brew closest to you. And also remember to check out the Mile High City Copper Lager. It's in that Nuggets blue can with the Nuggets logo on it. You can't miss it. So keep drinking Mile High City Copper Lager. If you're in the area, stop into an Avs watch party for one of these finals games. It's going to be wild. And, uh, of course, we got the Breck Brew flowing as well. Oh, man. Are you, are they parties have been wild? I just I can't even, like, talk about how wild they are because I'm just going to undersell it every single time. But trust me, man, <laughs> things we're trying to plan for this for the Stanley Cup run are going to yeah. be next level. I, I just shouldn't even talk about it because it's going to exceed my expectations That's the just thing, in every like, aspect. It's funny because this is how we run DNVR. It's like we already are at capacity for our party so there's yeah. actually no need to sell the party. Right. They're already yeah. as full we'll as they We'll be open. Be. But we are still elevating it because we want to make it even cooler. We're just yeah. like for the people that are lucky enough to get here early enough to get to, to get in, yeah. we're going to make it like the most memorable nights of your life. Um, also, the apps will probably have something to do with that, making it the most memorable nights of your life. That helps. Um, all right. Now we're comparing and contrasting a little bit here. Jokic, McKinnon, Makar, Murray. How do you compare and contrast those guys in terms of being the leaders of championship teams? So McKinnon can't be the captain. Uh, Why? He's, he's too much of a grind of a personality, of a human being. Um, too much. <laughs> I just, just like I just love that so much. Man. Just like like he's just like singularly focused he's a dick all the time his face after winning the western <laughs> he's got a little kobe in him yeah. that, that kind of well way, yeah you know. it's exactly what it he's is a great it's, looking guy i just have to say he great guy. <laughs> he's just a he's just like that guy but like he holds himself to such an insanely high standard and he outworks everybody and he does all that you need all that right he's part of the leadership group he's part of setting the tone and being accountable day in day out He's part of we just have to outwork everybody, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff, right? Uh, and when you're when one of your most talented players is also that guy, it's great. But you need an adult in the room. You need Gabe Landeskog. You need somebody that is good, like can can play for you, but is also kind of your emotional center. He's the guy. He's the guy that kind of calms everybody down when things go sideways. He's the one that can pull Nate aside when he gets a little freaky outy, you know, and starts screaming at people during morning skate and starts throwing sticks at people. And you Does know, really happened. Yeah, uh, I've seen him do all of these things at, at various times. There's some some T-Mobile Arena employee in Vegas got three Nathan McKinnon sticks uh, from morning skate because he chucked them all into the stands and left. Wow. Absolutely love that Just lunatic during morning sk- during. <laughs> I think he really is. We're talking yeah. about morning skate here. Yeah, shoot around yeah. basically. Like yeah. we're it's like we're, some Kobe Bryant. Shit. Like yeah. just chucked all of his sticks in there, screamed at Sam Gerrard, and then went to the locker love room. It. And then in the locker room, apologized to everybody, uh, and then like signed that guy's the sticks for the guy <laughs> when he brought him down, and because he was nice. like an employee or whatever. And you're just like, 
all right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but no, like you need, is, you need that adult in the room as but, well. But so. it is similar to Yoke in that I don't know that he is going. I mean, I would love for him to be the all everything. I mean, he checks off so many boxes. Yeah. I'm not sure he is the everything leader. I think he's grown into part of the equation the same yeah. way maybe McKinnon has. But it is interesting to me. They're the two best players, right? Jokic, McKinnon. And you're kind of almost saying that he's not. Even though he's the best, he's not the leader of the team. No, he when when Landeskog was facing free agency last year, and it was, is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? What's going to happen here? Uh, a lot of people were just like, oh, McKinnon will get the C and it'll be fine. And it would have been a disaster mm. because you needed an adult in the room. Gotcha. And as great as Nathan McKinnon is, and he's great at what he does, but his shortcomings are significant and they're 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 very very obvious. Yeah. And By the way, I always credit Draymond Green as being a guy there, but it really is the Green-Curry combo. Like Draymond Green's a bit of the throw-the-stick-into-the-stands right. guy. And, and yeah. It's an important – I think it's he's more of a leader probably than McKinnon. But nonetheless, there, it is the balance of the Curry-Draymond yeah. dialectic that makes like, them perfect. Draymond will light a guy up, and Curry will go to him and be like, it's okay, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's you need you need kind of that emotional center where you're like, okay, you've got your fiery personality that 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 raises the temperature and raises everybody's level of play, expects the very best out of himself and holds everybody to that. But you also need somebody else that's will calm that guy down. You need somebody that that guy looks to uh, as well because if that guy that guy's too emotional to be the emotional center. Do, do the abs have a Michael Porter? In is there like a, a similar like a talented guy that you weren't unsure about and then either stayed or left um, <laughs> current or past <laughs> of this build? I really I don't know. Um, I don't know where Makar fits into this. I mean, he's the number two. He's the Murray. I mean, I know they're, they're we're forcing this, but they're, yeah. they're the two best, very clearly. Yeah, and but emotionally, like Makar's, mm. Makar is your cold-blooded killer. He doesn't get up for anything. The the most we've seen him smile all year was in the first round against Nashville when somebody tried to fight him, and he thought it was hilarious, and he was having the greatest time of his life as this like dude that nobody's ever heard of like chases him around. And you're like, what is this psycho <laughs> who like scores highlight real goals and doesn't react and they win series and he doesn't do anything? It's kind of Murray in, in and a then way. yeah, it's it's very assassiny where you're yeah. just like, this is what you're having fun with. You look this you're a little unhinged, my guy. Yeah. Like you start to worry about this dude, you know? Like, oh my God. Um, but he's also just unbelievably talented. I don't know how many Michael Porters are out there. He is, he, you know, he, he really a unique is person. He's athlete an oddity. Package. Yeah. He's so freaking good. It's so funny, man. He is a, such a funny one here. Um, you know, if we step, if we step back even further here and just look at the one thing that I do think, what happens? <laughs> Did you get a crazy this one? Dude, this dude. I'm good. Um, Comment sections. Wild yeah. right now. The yeah, wild this, and out as always. Dude. Um yeah. if we uh if we zoom out real quick, I do think that the Josh Cronkey led Avs and Nuggets, I mean he's been at the helm for twelve years roughly here. I do feel like they follow very similar scripts. They've built through the draft, yep. they've had very slow builds, they've had yep. this like trust the process sort of style to them. Mm -hmm. And they both have actually kind of been on the same timeline. The difference was the Nuggets, of course, had some injuries that have that have kind of taken that but they've been on a very yeah. similar like 
there's an alternate universe where Murray and Porter don't get hurt, and the Nuggets are right here, right now, and we're, we're looking at both of them. You know, does this tell us anything that both of these teams have been on it? Is it a coincidence, or do you think it is maybe a hint at a broader plan structurally within that building? Yeah, I think organizationally they're pretty similar in that they said we're gonna we're gonna hire our people and we're gonna get out of the way and we're gonna give them what we think are the resources that they need to be successful. Um, just given the money that they have available to them, I think that they're cheap. Um, with their infrastructure for both organizations, they could invest a lot more heavily into some of the tertiary things around the fringes of the organizations. What is that for the Avs? Because um, we know the Avs, facility. But for the Avs, it was a skills coach that they okay. brought on full time. And since he got, since the Avs hired him, it's made a significant difference. Mm. Their player development inside the NHL has been, I would say, among the very, very best in the league. Not necessarily developing players uh, outside of and getting them to the NHL, but when they get to the league, Make them they develop. They, they, there have been so many examples over the last couple of years of guys who got to Denver and had career years. Mm -hmm. And either that's, uh, that's a combination of both great scouting, but also great coaching. And part of that is a skills coach who is great at what he does. Um, and, and was a skills coach who like consulted with multiple organizations and all that. And then the ads are like full time. I think when we think of the, about this for basketball, because sometimes this can sound like a cliche, I think the reason it's not a cliche is if this is an organizational principle, the way you develop players is more of a long view development, because I do think there are people out there. And I think the Houston Rockets under Daryl Morey were the ultimate example of this. We've got a power forward who's six Let's just teach him to shoot the corner three. Is that great for his development? No, but it's great for him to do a very specific thing that like, um, and then, cause we just want to trade him. Like if we can get him to have one year, 40% right. from the three point right. line, we could trade him for another piece. Whereas I think that maybe part of what we've seen, maybe that you can correct me if I'm wrong with the abs, but definitely I think you see this with the nuggets is a little bit more of a, like this might have less trade value. I have this, but we're going to develop these guys into full, you know, a little bit more full basketball players or, or more yeah. generally speaking. I mean, look at Will Barton. Like a great development example, right? Yeah. Like the guy gets traded here and second round pick just keeps working his way and gets a little better, a little better. Why is is it purely drafting that that the Nuggets have been really good at? It's not because you draft guys and especially as late as their draft picks have been. You've got to draft guys who you think are going to get better, right? And and so how how do they get better? Yeah. Is what I'm saying. You know, like both organizations have done such a good job at finding talent. But making, but maximizing that talent when, when and getting the most out of those guys. Because you look at a guy like Bones and you're like, look, that was a fun year, especially because you expect nothing out of a guy drafted where he was. Right. You get, he was like, what, like second team all rookie or something? Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, what's next for Bones? What's next? And I think that's where the exciting part of it is, is because you know that there's another level. You know that there are weaknesses to his game that they're going to work on. And the Nuggets have been great at developing guys and and developing just all around games. Right. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, they're not just like teaching the guy, okay, stand here and take a corner three, and then we'll worry about the rest later. They're teaching guys how to play the game. They're teaching uh, development all the way. And it's it, it's <laughs> let's get this guy. Uh, he, Kill McCarr is an exceptional defensive player who just ate Connor McDavid up. I'm sorry. I just had to do it. <laughs> uh, 
I've been waiting for wait, that for the last. The thing five I years. love is, isn't he, is, is, is this like is he disagreeing with like Wayne Gretzky and everybody else that came out of the woodwork to be like, yeah, yeah my car's incredible, but he's it, like actually. Yeah, he yeah, I, <laughs> actually. We, I, I don't want to get into it this. Doesn't matter. He's just wrong, and that's we're long already. Yeah. Um, it's it's really just uh, with with the Nuggets though, like they're you trust like they've got a first round pick coming up, and you just trust that whatever they do, they're going to draft a guy who's going to help them. Mm. And it's not just going to be like a oh we'll just stash a euro and hope that something good happens, you know? Right. Like they're gonna they the, there's trust there because he he the, the 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 organization has done a good job of finding talent, finding guys uh, that they can connect with, that they can they can develop and get better, and that's where the abs like the abs in the first round are great, like they're. They're not very good at drafting beyond the first round. They've gotten nothing out of those guys for the most part, but they've done a good job making up for that, getting undrafted guys. With their pro scouting, they've done a great job bringing guys in from other organizations. And then all those guys get to Denver and get a little better. Do you... Did you see Josh Kroenke's presser at all from last week? Uh, yeah, I watched them. I, I, you got caught yeah. a little bit of it. Well, one of the things he said is that the Avs operate at a loss um, every year. Do you, you feel – how do they spend on – on? The, forget the behind-the-scenes stuff because I think that's like institutional. I mm-hmm. think we can just say that they don't spend behind the scenes. But yeah. in terms of the roster, are they – is there a tax? Like how does it – They're a they? cap team. Um, it's a hard cap, so you can't spend more than that. Okay. Uh, the 48-point team was a cap team, so they spent at a pretty big loss that year. Wow. Um, and that was a reset. Like they were moving some things. They were moving on from okay. some things. And uh, they were – immediately after that they were one of the cheapest rosters in the nhl for the next but right now in title contention they are they are spending they're maxed out they're maxed out they're maxed out they will be maxed out for the next few years uh they haven't let any of their executives get away who have been they have uh they're one of their agms in particular has interviewed for multiple gm positions and the abs have kind of cut back on allowing him to interview because they're trying to keep him um, wow! Do they try to keep him also by pay, by like paying him well, or they're just like, hey man, we're we have you. So. I don't know the contract specifics on that one, um, but they they let him go and interview a few times. But there were six GMs hired during the season this last year in the wow. NHL. It was kind of it was a weird year, yeah. uh, and they they were not uh, keen on letting him go to like a conference rival a division rival yeah they were not <laughs> jesus they were not too keen on that so <laughs> they they shut some well, of hold that on. down did they come through the front door or the side door though so kind of let's <laughs> see were they more what of a time side door team it? or a front they've door. got great front door security but that's yeah. side door well, it's a side so door vulnerable. everyone knows you Everybody see around the side um and then my last one here do you feel like the Cronkies care about the the colorado avalanche and the success of the colorado avalanche not really um, they're not really ever there. Um, they're not, they don't, they've never really been a presence. Uh, I don't think that they like don't care. I just don't think it's something that they think about. I think that they're, they trust Joe Sackick to get the best. They, they hired Sackick and said, there's your operation. Um, and that's go, you- go make it successful. And he's done a great job of that. Uh, he's widely considered a top three GM in the NHL. Hmm. And uh, we all joke that most of the NHL GMs have his number blocked at this point <laughs> because he has he's too good. He's like training. Danny. Ainge. He has straight up. You're scared em- to make trades with him. He has embarrassed multiple organizations yeah. in recent years uh, by being like, Hey, we'll give you 
some nice pieces for this nice player and that yeah. nice player turned into a star player right. and you know do you um is there anything too i mean joe sakic is on the the mount rushmore of colorado athletes do you think there's anything too like they had patrick Waugh for a while they have joe sakic you know the nuggets don't really have anybody like that is there anything valuable or is it just that sakic happens to be great um yeah i just think that he gets it you know, like there's a couple of former players in the NHL right now that are GMs that are great. You know, Sackick and Steve Eiserman were the biggest on ice mm. rivals, yeah. Avs Red Wings. And now they're, I, I said Sackick was one, two of the three best GMs in the league. Steve Eiserman's one of those other guys. Yeah. So I, I just think he just happens to be great at what he does. So, you know, he's but is trying it an to. added boost that he's a hometown hero. Yeah, sort of course. Thing? Yeah. Okay. I think, I think it really helps, but you also know that you're probably going to have to fire that guy someday. And we saw what that looked like with John Elway. Like, right, right. John Elway gets treated like with such consternation by Broncos country these days that you're just like, do you guys forget what he did for you? Yeah. It is the always Pat weird. Riley's only come along yeah, like every hundred years. I can't imagine. And like, you hope that Joe Sackick is, is yeah. Pat Riley. Can you imagine yeah. getting tired of Jokic? You know what I mean? I just can't picture like 30 years from now we're like, this guy just needs to step out of the front office. He's ruining yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Let the go, everyone. Just let go. Just let like, go. Um, all right, we have a super chat we have to get to that kills. Scre you can always just actually scream at me, Kale. I give you permission. Steve Steve says, thoughts on Kroenke's property purchase for Rams. Hate being the ugly stepchild. Also, thoughts about the Kroenke's from an Avs versus Nuggets perspective. Well, we just got the second part of that, Steve. But, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the Kroenke's over the last 48 hours or whatever. Um, the land purchase there. I People have brought this up a lot, that the, the Nuggets and Avs are the redheaded stepchild of the of the empire. I honestly don't know if I, I'd buy into that. I just, re I just I really they are. I really don't think they are. I think they operate all of these from a very like emotionally yeah, detached not. way. And the Rams... They were in a moment with the move and with that the the iron was hot, so to speak, in terms of making all these deals, and that's why they are doing them. Like they're doing them big. I my whole thing is I think they approach this as a real estate investments, and yeah. I think they have a very massive real estate investment coming up that just so happens to not match up with the Avs Nuggets being great. But I just don't think they care. I think they're like, no, this is cool, and later on that's going to be cool, and it makes more sense to do that later on. Yeah, real for estate financially, developers developing real estate is not the story that we want to make it to be. Right, it's just part of their process. It's yeah. part of who they are. Yeah. But I mean, you also look at they, you know, they own Ball Arena. They've spent a lot of money in the last few years trying to upgrade it and keep it up because mm -hmm. it's their investment. Right. It's a nice thing about it being their building is that they are invested in having it be good, right. having it be nice, having people want to come to it. You know, they that that gigantic jumbotron that they went and got was the first of its kind right. in, 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 right. in an indoor arena, right. you know? I forgot about it. Yeah. They ripped all the seats out, and they did. They redid all of the seating, and they've been redoing. They're doing all of the locker room. The, they've been, like, the, the you know, we, we see the bowels of the state, the arena on a regular basis, and they've been redoing them for years, right. mm -hmm. upgrading them. And, like, the practice facilities are just a joke. Like, for both franchises, we're both sitting here like, come on with this. But they're like, look, But yeah, they're operating on a real estate timeline for those. Exactly. They're like, look, those will be here when they're here. Yeah, they're not operating we on a championship contention timeline. We don't care about that. We still get free agents. The Avalanche don't struggle to sign free agents. They don't struggle to re-sign guys. They're not, like, the hottest destination in the NHL. But they're not, like, people don't avoid the mm -hmm. Avalanche. Yeah. You know? And now with them in championship contention, it's fine. Like, right. 
but it's not a selling point. There was literally it, it was Lollipop Park was in the front of their by, practice facility for five years. I was gonna say, by the way, an an Avs practice facility I feel like is harder. That's more important almost than a Nuggets one, just because a Nuggets one it's a gym. You could find gyms. You can go to this of like, like a hockey. Yeah. There's only so many arenas. Yeah, and like you, it's not just as easy as like I'll oh, build a thing and then have it be the ice. Like, wasn't there a story of them having to work out on half the ice one time because there was like a figure skating? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's been so a couple. Can you imagine of, if the Nuggets yeah, only actually, had three gyms in all of Colorado every Tuesday afternoon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if the Nuggets, skate, the nuggets were working skate. out on one half of a court for practice First of all, today? Because well, they, they kind of they they do, do already. Manual High School is has the gym or something. <laughs> you walk into Nuggets pre-draft workout, there are guys shooting on the side hoops where like they've taped off the three-point line. You know. Like, <laughs> I yeah, mean, it's it's painted, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, they so they had an ice problem, and they had to use the other ice, and there were figure skaters out there working out, and that they had to like kick them off to for the abs to be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna win the Stanley Cup. All right, now, so, you know. five more minutes, five more minutes. <laughs> Finish up your the, final lap. The chicken dance comes on, like when a, you're like roller skating. It's like, this was a oh, few limbo. years ago, but yeah, like this. This is the thing with their facility is that last song. Like when the players during training camp, when the players come up to get their meals, they have to come through the kitchen of the restaurant and then walk through the restaurant. Swipe some nachos, and you're just like, like we were sitting there eating, like, and like Alex Kerfoot just like walked by one day and like sat down and like chilled with us for a few minutes. big pretzel and. Cheese. This song goes out to Caitlin. It's her eighth birthday. Yeah. Also, Avs, please stay to the side. You're crossing the line into Caitlin's birthday to party. The Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. AJ, thank you so much, man. Yeah, it was fun. I'm telling you guys, nobody better in the business than AJ. Uh, got a great team. All of our DNVR Avalanche guys are doing a great job, and I'm telling you, and man. Gal. Uh, what's that? And Gal. And Gal. And Gal. And gal, guys and gals. Guys, I use that. I you're right. Guys and gals. You're right. I'll be, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'll be I know correct. you mean it. Guys and gals covering the avalanche. Uh, we have a great team. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, and there's honestly, I'm telling you, it's been 20 years since we've been, the city's been this excited for the avalanche. And if yeah. you're not on the wave, I promise you, you will not regret getting on the wave. Even though we're at the final stop, you won't regret getting on it. Check out the, everything DMVR Avalanche. Hit the like button on the way out. We'll see you guys. <laughs>